This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. Well, this morning we're going to wrap up our series on direction, and I have been waiting for this service for quite some time. I've been waiting to be able to share these things with you. We've went through talking about how we're called to prayer how we're called to discipleship, how we're called to community, and really laying the groundwork for this message as well to kind of bring everything home. So if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Intentionally Investing. So if you have your Bible this morning, let's go to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, and we're going to read in verse 16 here in just a moment, Luke chapter 12. We've been really hitting home how God is calling us to be about the Father's business, not to be about our own agenda or creating some type of ministry unto ourselves or name unto ourselves, but creating something that as we move forward would bring honor and glory to God in everything that we do, everything that we move forward with together as a church and individually in our own lives is to bring glory to God. And so this morning as we go into the Word. Let's see what Jesus has to say, what really matters, and what's really important here. Luke chapter 12, start reading in verse 16. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns, and I'll build greater. And there I will store all of my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years, so take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Then he said to the disciples, therefore, I say unto you. Anytime we see him saying therefore, we see that he's connecting the story here. He's connecting the parable to what he's about to say. So the parable that Jesus just said, therefore, since I just gave you this parable, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, nor the body, what you're going to put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, but God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than of the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So sell what you have, give alms, provide yourselves money bags, which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys." For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And let your waist be girded, and your lamps burning. And yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or in the third watch and find them, so blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known the hour the thief was, co- was going to come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Then Peter said, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all the people? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward who his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant when his master will find him so doing when he comes. Here we see Jesus giving this parable about a man who had accumulated a lot of wealth in his life. And he had accumulated great possessions, great things, done pretty well. Everyone's looking at him saying, this guy's done pretty good for himself. And he said, I've done so well for myself that I think I'm just going to take it easy. But I don't have enough room for all my stuff. 
So I guess that I'm just going to go and build bigger barns because that's what I need because I have so much stuff. I just want to put it all there. And I go, you know what? You did pretty well. When I look in the mirror, I feel pretty good about myself. So I'm just going to take it easy and just coast in life. And Jesus warned us saying, listen, life is not just about what we accumulate. He said, I want you to be watchful. I want you to be busy about the kingdom business, watching, waiting, living your life as if Jesus could come back at any moment, not worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and then when you've accomplished enough in life to where you can take it easy with what you're going to eat and drink and what you're going to wear. He said, don't do it. That's not when you unplug. That's not when you stop. You never unplug. You never stop because you're called to intentionally invest. And our purpose is to invest our lives in God's kingdom. We were created for a purpose. Excuse me. We were created for a purpose and we were created on purpose. And that is that our lives would would, would be bringing glory to God. And we are called to invest intentionally in God's kingdom. What did Jesus say? He said, lay up treasures in heaven. We need to be investing in eternal things. He wants us to be focused on what really matters because when all of our life is said and done, what's really going to matter? What's really going to matter? That we had a bigger house than the neighbors, that we had the parking spot that our coworker didn't have but always envied, that we drove the kind of car that they always dreamed of. Is that the end goal in life? Everyone's going to look, man, I wish I would have owned a Beamer. Not that there's anything wrong with having those things at all, but if that's your goal... When you get that goal, when you attain that thing, it leaves you still empty. Having this job, having this type of recognition, having these type of accolades or this type of name. You know, once you accomplish all those things, you look back and you go, now what? You see, the kingdom of God is something that is deeper than any material possession you or I could ever obtain. And Jesus is trying to get us to understand, even with food, even with clothing, the things that you look after and the things you worry about, that's not your purpose, just to provide a, a, a nice home with, with, with food in your stomach and with clothes on your back, and then you can just rest and, and eat, drink, take it easy, and be merry. He said, no. He said, you actually need to continually be investing in something that matters, something eternally. And he said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be also. But here's what Jesus did by painting this picture of the story of the man who had great wealth and who had great things and had to build the bigger barns. He was showing man the condition of his heart. And he was saying, here is man's heart. And then he wanted to show us his purpose. And he wanted to draw for us the contrast between God's purpose for our lives and the condition of of man's heart. So let's look at that. What was some of the things that we saw? One of the things that we saw, man's heart, was that he wanted a materialistic life of ease. And if we're all honest with ourselves, we all, at some level, want a materialistic life of ease, where we want to chase after stuff, where we will arrive on Black Friday and fight all the crazy people for towels that are on sale for a dollar, and it's absolutely nuts. Because we think that's going to make my life better. I know that a lot of times people will look for things to make their life easier because we live in a culture of convenience and we think that if I only had that phone or if I only had that app or if I could only have a maid in my house, hello somebody, then my life would be easier. But then what we find is that when we actually get those things, it didn't bring about the results that we had hoped. It didn't bring about the joy and the happiness. Yeah, it might have made it just a little bit easier, but then something else pops up. I had somebody tell me just the other day, a pastor, a friend of mine that I was spending the day with, he told me, he said, you know what? He said, if you spend all of your ministry trying to get the church to a place where it's set and everything is perfect, he said, you're never going to get there and you're always going to be frustrated and you're going to miss the point of the purpose of the kingdom of God. He said, because the moment you get this area fixed, then this area starts going crazy or this person starts going crazy. And then you go after this and you get that. So life is not all about us trying to get everything fixed and set a certain way so we can sit back in our recliner and go, we did pretty good. It's about us intentionally moving forward. Here's Jesus saying, your heart is full of materialistic wants and desires, and you're desiring a life of ease. And then he said, you worry about not having enough. That was the very next thing that Jesus addressed. He said, therefore, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink. He said, because who can add one cubit to his stature? Does it really help you any at all by worrying? And that's easier said than done for a lot of us. 
especially if we grew up in an environment where there was a lot of lack and we didn't know where our next meal was coming from, or maybe you're in that situation now and you're worried and you're frantic and you're fearful and you don't know how you're going to do it, or you feel like you're a failure because you're constantly comparing yourself to someone else and what they have and what they've accomplished and what they're doing. And our heart is so deceived in misconstruing what our priority should be with an eternal perspective. When we get our perspective all about what's here and all about what I can accumulate, all about what I can keep up with the Joneses with, then I'm missing the point. But Jesus is saying, I'm showing you your heart. And then he said, you want security so you can relax, so you can disengage. That's really the ultimate goal is to disengage. You know, I think that the lever on the recliner, I think when you pull it, it actually disengages you from almost everything happening in the world, doesn't it? It's like you just... And all of a sudden, for some reason, that lever is... It's it's more than just putting your feet up, isn't it, guys? It's more than just putting your feet up. It's almost like a... Oh, yeah, that's it right there. That's the good stuff. (laughs) When I was in the hospital with my son, they had these recliners. And maybe you've sat in a recliner like this, that when you pull up the lever and you try to stretch it back, that it still has tension on it. And you have to keep tension on it in order to be reclined back. And the moment you let up, it just kind of does this number right here where it pushes you forward. I could not relax in that recliner at all. Drove me nuts. That has nothing to do with my sermon, but I wanted to share my frustration. (laughs) We want security so we can relax, so we can disengage. And we think that our happiness is the goal. And we think everyone should be serving us. And we think everyone should be out for our happiness. And that if I could have a materialistic life of ease, if I could have more than I needed, if I could feel that sense of security by the things I've accumulated for myself, then I would be happy, which is the goal in the human heart that is corrupt, that is focused inward, that is turned inward, but that's not God's purpose. So not only did Jesus paint what the condition of our heart was, but he also painted his purpose, his kingdom purpose, and that is to use what we've been given for his kingdom. He said, you need to use what you've been given for his kingdom, for a purpose greater than just serving your own needs. God is our source, and when we seek to glorify him first, when we seek his glory, and his purpose in our lives. He said, don't you know I'm going to take care of you if you put me first in your life? And he said, you always need to be watchful. You need to be ready. You need to be expecting. You don't know when your soul is going to be required of you, just like the man who was taking it easy and was building bigger barns. And then he wraps it up by saying, faithful stewards serve others for the glory of God. He said, someone understands what they've been given. Someone understands what they have. And we're not just talking about material things. We understand that the Bible also calls us to be stewards of the grace of God that has been given to us. We're called to be stewards or conduits, as you and I have talked about over the past few weeks, of the blessings of God, whether those things be monetary, whether they be physical, or whether they be spiritual blessings. We are called to be stewards of the things that God has done in us, to where we're a conduit, where it doesn't just stop with us, but it continues to flow out. And if our heart is so different than God's purpose for our lives, then how do we live out God's purpose for our lives? There's the challenge, right? How do we live out God's purpose for our lives? Here's the secret. We live out God's purpose for our lives by going after God's heart. I'm going to say that again. I even put it on the screen. Ding! No, John did that. We live out God's purpose for our lives by going after God's heart. You see, man's heart is corrupt at its core, and so we need God's heart. We need him to take out that selfish heart, that heart of stone, and put in his heart. Because guess what? At the end of the day, God is for God. He is for his kingdom agenda and his glory being accomplished and shown and known in the earth. He has chosen to accomplish his will in the earth through the vehicle of the church, the body of Christ that you and I individually make up, that we collectively come together as the body of Christ, accomplishing the will of the Father. Remember last week where I talked about how He gave us authority, which is His ability, but it's our right and our responsibility to go into all the world? It's Him who's accomplishing it, but He chooses to do it through us. Authority is God's ability that He is navigating through the vehicle of the local church to bring His glory and His name and the gospel, the message of reconciliation between God and man and relationship between God and man being restored. 
He's chosen to do that through disciples of Jesus Christ. People who know him, people who gather together, people who share the truth, people who are growing in like passions and growing in faith because they have a purpose. And because of that purpose, they rally around that purpose and they intentionally invest in the kingdom of God. Word of grace is called to be that kind of church. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, three people agree. I said, the word of grace, it's okay to talk in church. Okay, all right, listen. As long as you're not talking about the, the, the Packers or anything like that or playing Angry Birds, it's cool. <laughs> Word of grace is called to intentionally invest in the kingdom. You want to know what that means? Intentionally means on purpose. It means we're not stumbling around in this thing. We are called to intentionally invest in his kingdom. In the kingdom of God, not just in our own happiness, not just in our own well-being, but in the well-being of his kingdom, in the advancement of his kingdom by you and I catching a vision that this is not about us, that it doesn't stop with, uh, with us, but it's something that flows through us. That's how the will of God is accomplished through us when we remove the barriers of selfishness that would have the tendency to make church and religion and following Christ all about what we can get, but instead it becomes about what I receive and what I give. It becomes that the blessing comes in and it goes out and I flow in joy, I flow in peace, I flow in prosperity, I flow in health, I flow in joy, I flow in all of the things that God wants me to live in in order that his name would be glorified so people would know that Jesus is the hope of the world. It's bigger than just it stopping with us, amen? And the disciple is always going to grow in giving and receiving in those areas in their lives because we are called as a church collectively to invest in his kingdom. And we do this by investing in what his heart beats for. Investing in our lives, in our families, in our marriages, in our children, in our workplaces, and in this local congregation. Word of grace is not a building in Sheboygan Falls that we just attribute to calling it a church, but rather, Word of Grace is a gathering of believers who feel a deep call to go after God's heart for our lives and for others in our area and beyond. We are called to intentionally invest in His kingdom. So, that brings me to what God has called us to do as a church and what he has given me as goals for us to join together and to pray for and to believe him for and to rally together to do our part to see the church go after his heart and accomplish what he desires for us. I want to ask my ushers if they would go ahead and prepare. And as soon as you guys get ready, would you pass out our vision documents to everyone? I want to put in your hand the vision 2015 document that you can take this home. I just ask that you would take one per family. When you guys are ready, go ahead. And I want you to take this home with you. We're going to go through some of this together here today because I want to share my heart. God gave me this idea about three or four months ago to put something tangible in our hands that we can look at. And the purpose of this is so you can pray. The purpose of this is so you can know with clarity where we're going as a church. So you can look over this thing and you can pray and see how can I be a part of what God is calling us as a church family to do. So, once you get it, you could just open it up. We'll go through some of it together here this morning. Um, the first is a um, letter from me. I'm not going to read that. You can read that in your own time there. Uh, I'll let you read on, but you can look at the picture. It has pictures in it. Um, <coughs> has, a, has a picture of my family in there, in case you ever wondered um, who my family is. Um, that's, that's my family right there. Um, and I really, really like that picture because I, I want our church to have that feeling of being a family. Uh, I want us to understand that this is not about anyone's individual ministry or silos. This is not Pastor Derek's church. This is God's church. And we are called all to be a part of this family. Amen? And a calling is this drawing, something deeper that we sense. It's not about anyone's individual agenda. It's about God's kingdom agenda and us moving forward together as a church family. And so if you look here on page 2, um, it's numbered there at the bottom, that um, we have the 2014 report. 
and we broke those up into love God, love people, serve the world. Before you go off reading this, let me tell you the story, though, okay? This is how this happened. This is just God. I'm at the Abbey with Pastor Andy and Pastor Keith and Pastor Stephen, and um, we're up there praying and just spending time with the Lord and going off, you know, individually during the day and gathering together at night, and God just spoke to my heart while I was at the Abbey, just really being quiet before him, and I journaled a lot, and I wrote a lot, and I got a lot done and a lot accomplished, and things were just flowing, and God was just speaking to my heart, just so, it was so rich and so real and so genuine. Matter of fact, God spoke to my heart so much that I'm not sure if my staff is ever going to want me to go to the Abbey again, because I came back with a big workload. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, when we were there, God dropped it in my heart. He said, write down what I've done at Word of Grace in 2014. And so I did. I just started making a list, just started writing those things down. And then after I wrote the things down, then I looked at the list and I, I felt like the, the list was complete. And then I felt the Lord leading me further, saying, now organize them into categories. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not sure exactly what that means. So I wrote down, maybe teaching and discipleship would be a good category. And then I wrote down relational fellowship would be a good category. And then I wrote down outreach. So those would be three. And I began to categorize those. And what I found when I was done, and I didn't intentionally do this, but what I found was I had seven items in each category. I didn't even realize I had 21 things there. And then it hit me all of a sudden when I just looked at it. I said, this is loving God, loving people, and serving the world. I didn't plan this that way. And I was like, God, you are so good. He just confirmed and dropped in my heart that this is what we're called to do, that this is where we're called to go. And so I want uh, from that God leading me to do that, I use that as a format here in this document, um, not only for 2014 goals, but for 2015. So you can look through those things. Let's go to page three. You can look here on page three that we also have some other celebrations as well. Um, you can see that our website's doing well. Um, we really try to make that a priority and a tool for you as our church family. Um, we see that we launched our PushPay mobile giving app. We just did that just a few months ago, um, and so that, that's available to you. Um, we added seven new global ministry partners in 2014 to total 17. Now, that's our verbiage for missions here at Word of Grace. So if you ever wonder, and the reason we changed it from just calling it missions is because sometimes missions seems like it's just really far away, and it doesn't seem like it's really a part of what we're doing. But we wanted to call it Word of Grace Global, so it would be able to really get in our hearts that we could understand that this is Word of Grace, what God has called Word of Grace to do, happening on a global level. And it's not something that those people do over there. This is still a part of what Word of Grace is called to do. That's why we're partnering with these people. We're not just writing checks. Our staff comes together and we pray for these people once a month, uh, and, and we pray over those checks, and, and we communicate back and forth with our missions uh, people and through our missions directors, and, and we try to keep them engaged. And we're going to do more this year. We're going to take more initiatives to keep those things before the people so that way you guys can know who we're sponsoring, who we're supporting, and what God is doing in those areas. So we're going to make greater efforts to do that this year, and that's part of our goals as well. But when you see that verbiage, global partners, global ministry partners, uh, that means uh, missionaries. So we added seven in 2014, and it's just not people who need money who are doing nice things in other countries. These are people we believe that we're strategically called to partner with, both financially and prayerfully, because we believe that we're on the same mission and what God has called us to do, okay? So you can see there the uh, total contributions and the allocation of those funds. You can see how we um, operated in uh, 2014, and also we give out a detailed report as well, and that'll be available here in the coming weeks if you're interested in a detailed financial report. But if you just like pictures like me, then uh, you got that too. It makes it a little easier to understand. Now, the next piece that I want to go to is on page four, and that's the piece on influence. Now, this is a big part of what God has called us to do as a church family, and I just want to go through this with you. God has called Word of Grace to be a church of influence in our community. We are called to reach beyond the four walls of our church to take the gospel and love of God to our community and beyond. We will accomplish this by being intentional in relationship building with our local community. We have a strong presence as a church with certain community organizations such as local law enforcement, hospitals, and schools, but I believe that God wants us to continually invest in those and expand that reach. We believe that we're called to be salt and light beyond the four walls of our church. 
We want to show our communities that we care about them. In other words, we're wanting to show our communities that we're just not all about what happens in the four walls of this building, but we want to have a kingdom-scaled impact for the, for the glory of God. We will accomplish this through building networks with local businesses, churches, and organizations. Our leadership team will actively lead the way in this, and our church family will reach out in action to spread the love of God. Please pray that God will open the right doors and connect us with others who we can uh, bless as a church. Also, pray for those who partner with Word of Grace to help accomplish God's kingdom agenda in the earth. We can do more together than we will ever do alone. Now, one of the things on that that God really dropped in my heart, and let me explain to you about the influence, is that as I was challenged to think long-term here at Word of Grace, and God gave me a 30-year vision, and the one word that I got out of that 30-year vision is mainly influence, and that God wants His kingdom agenda to be more influential in this community than ever before. And it's not about Word of Grace making a name for themselves. It's not about Word of Grace trying to uh, become a super popular church in the area. That's not the goal. The goal is to be influential for the kingdom of God. That means that we're having more influence on a relational level, leading people to Christ, making disciples, being the church that God has called us to be at a deeper level. Because we understand that we are supposed to grow within the context of this local family. And there are some things that we get and we're supposed to get from one another, that we're supposed to get from the weekend services. But we also recognize and realize the call to pour out and not let it just stop with what we get. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's go over to the next page. Let's go over to 2015 and let's look at that together. Again, using that same format of loving God, loving people and serving the world. One of the things that uh, I would like to see happen as I was praying and writing these things down was a 30% increase in our weekend attendance. I just think that that's a healthy thing. I don't think that it's, a, uh, it's the goal just to get more people to come through the doors, so don't misunderstand that. I think that it's important for us to grow because we're growing in influence. We're growing uh, in, in, in our ability to be able to disciple. We're growing uh, with uh, reaching new believers, reaching people for the kingdom of God. Um, we're also going to launch the core, which is a new believer's discipleship. Um, we talked about that a couple of years back, and we tried it in, in, the, in a class format, but we're going to do that a little differently this year. Uh, we're going to make it a one-on-one mentorship. When someone comes to Christ, they're going to be partnered with someone on a one-on-one level, and those people are going to go through four different teachings, and those teachings are going to be very foundational to their walk with God to help them strengthen their foundational walk with Christ, and it'll be on a one-on-one thing, so it's going to be a beautiful thing. And then those people, after going through the core class, would be connected to either Trek or community groups or whatever was thought best uh, uh, for that next step for them. But that's going to be for people when they come to Christ to immediately get plugged into a relational discipleship. Um, The third thing is produce a video of the weekend message as an outreach for an online audience. And I just put a cost to that so that way you would know what we're looking at. It's not an ongoing cost, but it would be $5,000 for a one-time equipment purchase. A lot of people have asked, why are we not uh, putting our services online uh, via video? And I just think it would be a great tool to have uh, to use for outreach and evangelism but it would take a little bit of capital to make that happen. So we uh, want to be good stewards of what God has called us to do, but I wanted to let you know that's what that looks like. Um, the fourth thing is to have bi-monthly baptism services. Right now, there is a baptism sign-up sheet out at guest services, and we're going to start having a bi-monthly baptism service. Last year, we conducted four baptisms, I believe, um, but this year we want to give more opportunity for people to be baptized, so that way they know it's coming up every other month. People have asked a lot about how we do baptisms. We're about to do a teaching on that here very shortly, so you'll understand those things, and we're going to go into great detail, so that way people will understand if maybe you grew up in a different tradition or you came from a different background. You wonder, why does Word of Grace do it uh, this way? That's not the way I saw it or the way I grew up particularly. And so we'll explain those things from a biblical perspective, and we'll just teach from the Bible and teach what the Word of God says. And so that's what we're going to do here in the next few weeks. But if you're interested in baptism, man, I want you to get plugged in. I want you to get signed up, and uh, we want you to go through that teaching as well to help you understand what God is uh, uh, doing in your heart. Number five, develop a family resource page for our website. Wouldn't you agree that families are under attack, church? 
Well, I can't always teach on marriage and parenting and family issues all of the time. There are other things in the Bible that God has called us to go through, but yet at the same time, we still want to have accessibility to always minister to the family, regardless of what may be being taught on the weekend. So we're going to put resources together and put a hub of resources together and regularly talk about those and advertise those and let you know about those things, and they'll be available on our website, regardless of what I may be teaching from the stage. So that way we always have those resources available. Um, The sixth thing is Launch Trek, which Trek is uh, just getting more and more people signed up for it, and that's absolutely fantastic. We're excited about that rollout and that launch. Um, As Pastor Andy has been working very diligently and hard on that, and the more I go through it, the more I realize how this is something we're called to do. This is not just a program that we're trying to um, put uh, because we don't have anything else better to do, or Pastor Andy was twiddling his thumbs and we didn't know what to do with him, so we said, here, no, this is something we feel called to do. And this is something that um, Pastor Andy and I both know the people who created this ministry, and they're just great folks and very passionate about changing lives and uh, very kingdom-minded people. And uh, so as we saw this ministry and as we began to go through it as a staff, we said, this is going to be so huge and so valuable to our church. So if you have more questions about the trek, see Pastor Andy, get signed up, get connected. We want you to be plugged in. It's just such a great thing um, how people have responded um, to, to the trek. Also, we're going to launch this Focus on the Family's Family Project. How many of you guys know about Focus on the Family? How many of you have heard of Focus on the Family? A lot of folks in the room have heard about Focus on the Family. Well, they're one of our partners that we partner with on a monthly basis. We contribute to them both financially and through prayer and other ways of support. And uh, one of the things that um, one of their representatives, David Perry, who came here and spoke last year, he talked about them launching a new program called the Family Project. And we all agreed earlier that the family is definitely under attack. And this is something that will help us to grow in what the Bible says a family should be and what God has called it to be and how we can strengthen our families together. So we're looking to roll that out this year as well. Moving on to the love people phase. Um, community groups is huge with what we do here at Word of Grace. And we believe that community groups is a great way to have relational discipleship. And we want to have 20 of those. Also, another thing we want to do to build relational fellowship is we want to have an outdoor family service picnic at the park. Normally, we split the two. We'll normally have a service, and then we have the picnic like a couple hours later. We're going to just do the whole thing outside. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. We're not going to do it in the next couple weeks, so don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait till it gets a little nicer, which might not be before too long, actually, with the way things are going. Um, so uh, we're also, number three, want to launch a Word of Grace mobile app to connect our church and family uh, with evangelism and promotion, and that's about a $2,000 expense, and there are some reoccurring fees in there. That's why I didn't put the one-time fee uh, on there, because uh, there are some maintenance fees to that, but at the same time, give you an idea of how to pray and if God leads your heart to give in any of those specific areas. Number four, have a church-wide family connection event monthly, which we're currently doing. It's called Family Night. It's on the first Saturday night of every month at 6 o'clock where we have worship and prayer. And then we have a big fellowship. We're going to continue that as well as roll out some other things just to keep relationship going. Because the purpose of those is not because we all want to just sit around and, and we don't have anything to do, so let's do something at church. Let's see what the pastor's doing because he's probably not doing anything. He only works on the weekend anyways. And uh, that's a lot of people's perception. And so they just think, let's get something going at the church. No, that's not why we're doing this. We're doing it because we know that discipleship happens best in the context of relationship. And the only way we can have relationship is if we relate. (laughs) And if we know each other. And if we build those friendships and those connections. And so all we're doing with um, our fellowship is we're just giving you opportunity. So if you're one of these folks that would say, I just don't know anybody or anything, make it a priority to come to one of these things and go introduce yourself to someone. We're going to take some other initiatives to get people connected as well. But that's one of the goals that we have this year. We also want to double our website usage. We believe our website is a great tool not only for evangelism and promotion and letting people know that we're here, but we also want it to be a resource for our church. So we want you to know you can sign up for things online. You can give online. You can find out what's going on at the church online. Um, 
you can listen to messages and, and download things online as well, and you can watch our videos um, online. So I want you to know that's available as well. Number six, have 35% of our congregation connected in community groups. It's one thing to just have 20 community groups, but if they each have like two or three people in them, well, you're not being very effective. You know, uh, We want people to realize the importance of it and to gravitate towards those and get plugged in. And so I think that it would be healthy to see 35% of the congregation plugged in to those community groups. And then also to have 50% of the membership volunteering on weekend services. We do not uh, make things happen here on the weekend or throughout the week just with our paid staff alone. That's a very small portion of it. The majority and the bulk of it is through volunteers. And so if you are volunteering at this church, I just want to take this time to say thank you so much because you enable Word of Grace to minister to so many people because of what you do. Thank you for your faithfulness. And we do have some areas where we still need more volunteers, even though we're doing a lot better than we were probably about six months ago or so. We're doing a lot better in the volunteer space then, and Pastor Keith is in charge of our volunteers, and he's worked very hard to try to plug holes and help train up new people and get, get, get new areas, uh, uh, some more help and things like that as well. But if you are not involved and you want to be a part, man, we sure could use you, and it would be a great blessing to you and to the church. It's not just you doing something for the church. Watch what God does in your heart when you serve, when you give, when you volunteer. You'll get connected with other people. It's a great method also of discipleship, and it just reinforces our values as a church family. Lastly, uh, but certainly not least, serving the world in outreach. We want to increase the influence, remember that piece, in our community through exposure, word of mouth, building networks with churches, pastors, schools, colleges, our chamber of commerce, business owners, hospitals, and jails. One of the ways we're going to do that is, number two, to have the church building open throughout the week as a place to connect and as a resource to our community making our facilities available to our community so people can uh, come and, and, and use those things um, on occasion to just be a blessing to our community. Um, number three, launch a military ministry and senior care ministry. Both of those things are in the works right now, and they are going to happen uh, here very shortly. Um, our military ministry is going to be a constant ongoing outreach to our military, and also um, our senior care ministry is going to uh, reach out to people who are shut-ins or people who are in nursing homes and things like that. So if you have any desire or heart for those areas of ministry, we're going to have uh, some really great opportunities to go and to spread the good news of Jesus through those things as well. Number four, create a global communication center to keep us updated with the ministries that we're partnering with. Remember the verbiage of global. That means our missions. That means the missionaries that we're supporting. And what we're going to do is we actually have the plans already drawn up. I have an engineer from Kohler has already plotted it out and designed it. We have this big tower thing that we're going to build with a TV on it, and it's going to help communicate regularly who we're supporting monthly, and then there's going to be newsletters on either side of this tower from those people as well. So you'll be able to see what's happening and be connected and be in touch as well as keeping our website connected with those things as well. Uh, number five, build 180, which is our youth ministry. So if you're, you're wondering what is a 180, you know, 180 is our youth ministry uh, for grades 5 through 12 that happens here on Wednesday night, and Kids on the Move is uh, the younger crowd. We want to build both of those ministries stronger in discipleship and grow in influence in the community. I've already been talking to Pastor Stephen uh, so far as the youth piece is concerned with getting more involved in the schools, talking to uh, Trenton, who is our Kids on the Move director, uh, talking to him about ways to get connected with the parents and ways to become more influential in our children's ministry as well. Number six, we want to relaunch our Explosion. You guys, if you've been here uh, for over two years, you will remember Explosion. It is crazy. Um, how many of you would agree? <laughs> Explosion is Wackoville, but it is a blast. Um, the last time we did it was, was uh, two Easter's ago where we had over 10,000 eggs, and it was just a lot of fun, and uh, it, it was just really crazy too, but uh, it's a blast, and we took this last year off and uh, just wanted to, we, the, the municipal building in Falls has been under construction and there were some limitations of facility use, but now we've kind of replotted the plan for that. And we, that was just such a great outreach to our community. And it just lets the community know Word of Grace cares and that we're here for them. And, and, and that just spreads the gospel in my mind by letting them see that churches are just not all about uh, what they can get or they, everything they do doesn't have to have strings attached to it. And uh, I think that that's really a healthy thing to do in the community, just to have that presence. I think it brings glory to God. Um, and then number seven, reconduct, I mean reconduct, 
conduct two mission trips, um, which right now, if, uh, if, if these two um, happen, which I believe that they both are in the works to be announced here very soon, one will be an inner-city mission trip to Houston, Texas with YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission, um, missionaries we support there, and then also a second trip to Haiti for those who didn't get to go last year but would be interested in going to My Life Speaks and working there in Haiti again. So we'll have two mission trips available uh, this year as well. Now, here's some things that we need to believe God for on page 6. We're believing God for baptisms and people to go through the core class and new believers and new members. And we put numbers on there just so we could have something just to believe God for and trust God for and, uh, and, and begin to grow in those things and say, Lord, we want, to, we want to move forward. Now, here's our financial goals, this next piece here on page 6. Number one, become completely debt-free. Number two, annual budget goal of 500000 Number three, build and maintain 50000 cash and checking. Around October of last year, we were looking at selling our property on 121 Cedar Street, and I announced to our church that we were really close to being able to be completely debt-free, and that was the case, and that was true. Um, But it was, uh, as we looked at our finances and as we looked at where we were, instead of taking the bulk of that home sale and completely putting it towards our debt, where we were at the time with our expenses and our income, we wanted to be better stewards of our money than just giving that all away and, and, and really getting us down really low, so we had to actually... Uh, only give 50000 towards the debt instead of paying off the full thing. And the offering that came in didn't quite take care of the whole thing like we had anticipated. And so right now, as of right now where we're at, we still have money there in that account to be able to uh, take care of the needs of the church and whatnot, so it's healthy in that aspect. Um, but the debt is currently at about 22000 which I think is fantastic. Our, our, our payment, yeah, I think that's really good. Um, um, because our payments are $5,500 a month. So if you ever wondered, um, we pay $5,500 a month on that note. Um, but if God's leading you to still give towards that to help us knock that thing out, just indicate that by writing debt-free on your check or online or however you choose to give offering envelope. If you want to do that, if you want to give specifically towards that to knock that out sooner, but just with our $5,500 a month, we'll be able to knock that out very shortly. And uh, that'll be a great blessing um, to the church as well. Um, so just so you know that, and if you look back at page three, you see that in the giving, total contributions was 477269 and we're believing God this year for $500,000 um, to uh, continue to do what God has called us to do. And here's the thing, um, we're not putting these numbers out there to limit God by no means and saying this is all God can do, so if you're getting hung up on that, please don't. Uh, we're wanting to put something out there that we can trust and believe God for and something that we can look and measure and we can go, okay, God, this is what we're going to trust you for. And if you want to blow all of these goals away and smash them all, then do it. Amen? Amen? But at least we have something as a church to help us to look back and to measure on and, 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 and we have specifics because I believe in church sometimes people are just way too generic and, and it's a scary thing to get specific when you're talking about the, the, the church because people aren't used to that in churches. Um, but I think that it's a healthy thing for us to do, for us to focus and rally around and pray around because if we just say, God, we want you to change lives and bless us, well, what does that mean? We need to kind of clarify a little bit more so we can hold ourselves accountable to what God, we believe God's calling us to do. And this is accountability as well as its vision, as well as just practicality for us to move forward and operate and do what God has called us to do. Now, if you look down there at the Momentum Project, for those of you who wonder, what is the Momentum Project? The Momentum Fund is our building fund. And the Momentum Project are projects that are building projects, basically, within our church. Here at Word of Grace, we have three funds. We have our general fund, and that's the most important fund because it's the one that keeps Word of Grace moving forward and going and operating. It's what we pay the bills with. It's what we pay the staff with. It's how we do what we do, and that's where the bulk of um, the tithe and offering that comes in goes to is to um, the general operations. Then secondly, we have the Momentum Project. The Momentum Project is our building fund that we can continue to update and maintain and, 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 and do some things here in our facility as we grow and as things need to be updated and changed. And then lastly, but certainly not least, is our missions. So we have three different ways that you can give at Word of Grace, both general, 
momentum, and global. So those are the three areas, if you ever wondered. Now here we have a little pie chart that just shows you a breakdown uh, of things that we're desiring to do this year. Uh, one, we want to carpet the guest services area uh, with some high-quality uh, industrial commercial-grade carpet. Um, we have problems out there with that flooring, especially during the winter. And so this is one of the things we'd like to do, just in the, a small space there. Number two is that we want efficient LED lights for the church building. We have slowly been changing out these can lights to LED, but LED lights are expensive. They're like 30 bucks a piece. And so, but what was happening is that in those canisters, the previous lights we were using were overheating and they were blowing out. And we realized that we were spending a lot of money on light bulbs. Matter of fact, one time we were in here practicing and a light bulb actually blew up in one of those cans. And I was like, oh man, that would have been really bad if that would have happened on a Sunday morning. And so... LEDs burn less energy, which is going to save us money, even though they cost a little bit more up front. We did the math. We talked to an electrician, and in six months, once we change out all of the lights to LED lighting, they will have paid for themselves. And so that's one of the things that we want to do. Um, we have a guy that goes to church here that's an electrician for, uh, for Bemis, and Bemis did the same thing, and it saved him a ton of money. And he brought that idea to us as well. So just good stuff there. So that's going to save us money. Uh, then $3,000 for auditorium updates. Um, since our building's construction uh, over 10 years ago, uh, this auditorium has not been updated, and it's time to paint. You notice there's a lot of paint chips and things like that. We need to replace the acoustic panels on the wall. Uh, just some things that we need to do updating and maintenance-wise. Um, and then we need to fix this kid's classroom. We tore it up um, because we had a uh, water leakage over here in this uh, uh, north, uh, northwestern corner of the building, and it's still not completely finished. We just haven't had the funds to be able to finish it, so one of my desires is to do that. And then the biggest chunk of the Momentum Project is to put new light equipment uh, here for the auditorium. And what that means is that these stage lights here, they burn really hot, and when one of those bulbs burn out, those bulbs are about 40 bucks a piece. Uh, and, and they burn out uh, too often for my liking, and they're really hot up here, <laughs> and they burn a lot of electricity. They, they really do because they run so hot. And so what we want to do is we want to change all of the stage lighting out to LED lighting because, number one, it's going to save us a lot of money in the long run, and those things don't burn out. Those things last forever. They have a, they're rated for 20, 25 years, those, each one of those bulbs are. And so with the way we use it, it would really help us out to have that. But to have that, we also have to have a new lighting board, our current lighting board will not run um, LED lights. It's, it's an older board. And uh, it's actually gone out on us a few times. We have to change some power supplies. and So it's just time to upgrade those things. So the total cost of the Momentum Project is $20,000. And here's how I put this together. And I, this is what I want you to pray about. If 100 people in our church will pray and commit to every week when you come to church, 52 Sundays a year, and you giving $5 every single week above and beyond your normal tithe, we will be able to completely fund the Momentum Project. Is that not crazy? Five bucks. Five bucks. So if you'll pray about that, maybe God's leading you to give more, but you need to indicate that it goes to the Momentum Project. If you don't indicate that it doesn't go to the Momentum Project, then it's going to get put in the general fund. That's how things work. So if you want to do that and you want to commit to do that, if 100 people would commit to give five extra bucks a week and they would in indicate that that goes to the Momentum Fund, we would be able to do all of that, which is actually going to save the church money in the long run, and it's going to really improve and update our space a lot too. And it's going to help serve kids in this kid's wing. We've needed that room finished for quite some time. The kids' ministry is growing. We need more space in there. We need to split some of those ages up. Some of my people that work in there would say amen um, <laughs> because they have, uh, they have combined ages in there that need to be split up. And also, this is going to help save us money in the church building by doing these upgrades, and it's just going to give us a lot sharper space um, as well. So anyways, um, those are really updates there. And, and, and then going to the back, your involvement to invest in God's kingdom at Word of Grace, there's three primary ways you can get involved. Number one is your time, faithfulness and attendance, involvement where there's a need, serving together are key. Everyone's busy in our culture and our time's very valuable. Everything we do should be done unto the Lord and we should invest in eternal things. And when you invest your time, you're truly investing in the next generation and you're showing them what really matters. Number two is your talent. Everyone here has gifts, abilities, and connections. God has given them to you for a reason. He's created us for his glory, and we need to ask him how we should use those talents best for his kingdom. And lastly, treasure. 
God is faithful and worthy of our trust. God's standard that engages us at the heart level is the tithe or 10% of our increase. When we're faithful with the tithe, we see how God takes care of us. Jesus said in Luke 12, 34, we just read it earlier, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. When we faithfully give, we're laying up treasure in heaven, and God blesses us with a heart of generosity, and he proves himself faithful to his word. So this year, let's grow together as disciples by being faithful with the investment of our time, talent, and treasure in eternal things that are making an impact now and beyond. Our involvement should be a reflection of our calling to love God, love people, and serve the world. So here's the thing. We're going to come back to this document in July because it'll be six months since I put this in your hand. And we're going to see where we're at, see what God has done. And we're going to talk about this again because I want us to know and be able to look and see what God is doing in our church. Because I really believe in what God is calling us to do here as a church family. These documents are also going to be put in the hand of every person who goes through the Next Move class, which is our membership class that happens the first Sunday of every month. And so they're immediately going to be connected and see where we're going. I mean, we can give big, great generalities and things like that. And we, 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 we don't want to be so specific that we limit God because we're not limiting Him by being specific. So if you're thinking that, I, I want you to put that thought aside because that's not what we're doing. I want us to commit to pray, to invest, to be a part, to link arms and hearts because this is where God wants us to go. And this is where we're going. This is the church He's called us to be. To be a church that's about the Father's business, that's creating an impact in this area because we realize that we're called. And I don't know if you feel this or not this morning, but I'm pretty serious about this. I'm pretty serious about this. I'm not playing games here. I'm, I did not move 900 miles to come up to a church in Wisconsin and play games. I am not here as the senior pastor of this church just to have a service once a week. I am here because God has called me here and he's called us all together as a family to make an impact for his kingdom. Amen? Amen? Amen. And that's not all about me and it's not all about you. It's about all of us together as a family. Amen? Amen. Amen. So here's the thing. Final thoughts are... I would love to see God move on the hearts of people and these goals just be completely smashed. I would, I would love to stand before you in six months and go, well, I guess we're going to have to make a new one. Or part B, because God has just blown us away. I would love to see that. If that's what God wants to do and that's what he's moving on your heart to do, I'm just asking you to be obedient with what he's putting on your heart to do. But word of grace is moving forward. And we're moving forward intentionally. We believe that God leads us in steps, not leaps, but that doesn't mean that the step won't be a leap of faith, but it's a step nonetheless. And what this is, it just outlines the steps that he wants us to take this year. Steps that he wants us to take moving his agenda forward, moving his church forward. Because when we're intentionally investing in his kingdom, we're going after his heart. So how do we get God's heart to accomplish God's purpose? We have to go after it. We have to chase after his heart. Say, God, I want you. Because the Bible says if we'll draw near to him, that he will do what, church? He'll draw near to us. Amen? So we're investing in his agenda for our church family. We want to be busy investing in eternal things, seeking his kingdom first, not laying up things for ourselves, not kicking up the easy chair. So this is, th th this is something we're going to go back to, something I want you to pray over. These guys are going to be available at guest services. If you have a friend or a family member that wasn't able to make it to church, it, it's, it's not too bad, so sad. You can still get them hooked up with one of these guides as well. But let's move forward with focus, with clarity, with unity to be the church that's growing disciples that are fully devoted followers of Jesus who are growing in loving God, loving people, serving the world. Would you bow your head this morning? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit wogcc.com.